Hello, you're listening to the NACOcast from Canada's National Arts Centre in Ottawa. My name is Nick Atkinson. During the course of the last podcast, we listened to a recording of Dietrich Fischer-Dieskau, accompanied by Gerald Moore, singing a Schubert song. Only a day or two later, Fischer-Dieskau's death was announced, and the expected tributes and obituaries were published in the media. Despite his great age, he was born in 1925, the news came as a bit of a shock. He was part of that great post-war pantheon of singers who came to prominence not just because of recitals and operatic performances, but perhaps even to a greater degree as a result of the great flowering of LP recordings during the 1950s and 60s. For those lucky enough to hear the great singers of that time, Callas and Tabaldi, Björling, Corelli and Di Stefano, Schwarzkopf and De Los Angeles, Gobby, Hotter and Christoph, it must have seemed a golden age. It was. If you couldn't make it to a live concert, there were hundreds of great recordings engineered by experts and produced by men like Walter Legg and John Culture, who, despite their professional rivalry, had a mutual passion for excellence that is immediately apparent when you listen to the recorded evidence of their work. Fischer Dieskau made hundreds of recordings, mainly of German leader, but his on-stage and recording career, especially during his early years, included plenty of opera as well. A lot of critics have complained about the lack of vocal weight in some of his operatic work, but some roles suited him right down to the ground. His Wolfram in Tannhäuser is a magnificent portrayal. Mark Twain famously wrote that Wagner's music is actually a lot better than it sounds. If he had had a chance to hear Fischer Dieskau's rendering of O du mein Holder Abendstern, he might not have been quite so flippant. The way Fischer Dieskau changes the color and weight of his voice to match the text and the chord progressions is quite remarkable. Wagner's introductory low brass chords mirror the text, which uses the metaphor of evening to suggest approaching death. The main verse begins with harp accompaniment to describe the evening star, metaphorically suggesting the possibility of an immortal soul and the prospect of an angelic existence for Elizabeth who is determined to sacrifice herself to save the soul of Tannhäuser. The highlight of this recording for me is how the singer shapes and lightens the phrase Ein Seelge Engel, beginning the gruppetto from below, as Wagner intended. Here it is.
dein sanftes Licht entsendest du der Ferne, die Nächtgedämmerung teilt dein Liebestrahl und freundlich zeigst du den Weg aus dem Tal. Rumor has it that Fischer Duska, before his voice broke, dreamed of being a tenor. Luckily for us, he developed into a baritone. There are far too many tenors already. Nevertheless, he had an almost tenor-like quality in his high range, especially when he sang softly. 
His voice was really unique. He doesn't sound like other baritones, and his voice is instantly recognizable. He may have lacked the Italianate weight and resonance associated with Verdi and Puccini, but the Wagner we have just heard seems exactly right. He was also a notable Corvinal in Tristan. In Mozart, too, he excels, and his Papageno actually sounds like a mischievous young man. So many baritones turn this role into a kind of Falstaff light. Fischer Dieskau approaches it with an almost childlike simplicity, and the exuberant buoyancy of his singing sets off his characterization of the part perfectly. Of course, Fischer Dieskau was associated most closely with the German leader. He performed and recorded almost all the Schubert songs, and most of Schumann, Brahms, Wolf, Mahler and Strauss. In my view, his voice was perfectly suited to bring out both the lyricism of the vocal line and the clarity of the text. There are those who complain about the German language, with its preponderance of consonants, or pronounced, as being too rough for a bel canto vocal line. But if you were concerned about the poetry of someone like Goethe, for instance, it's no bad thing to hear the words so clearly enunciated. A song is, after all, a story or a thought set to music, and so much is lost if the words are garbled or elided into a series of vague vowel sounds. 
There's a famous story about the young John McCormack working on some songs. A cleaning woman listened for a while and afterwards complimented him on his beautiful singing. Her only regret was that he had been singing, as she put it, in all them foreign languages. McCormack was crestfallen. He had been singing the whole time in English. His later career was noted for the clarity of his diction. In his setting of Goethe's Earl König, Schubert characterizes the wild night ride of a father and his son by employing a tremendously rhythmic and dramatic piano part, and a vocal part that requires the singer to be a narrator, father, terrified child, and the sinister Earl King, who threatens the life of the child. Listen to Vishadiskow tell this tale of the supernatural, accompanied again by the magnificent Gerald Moore at the piano. <laughs> Und bist du nicht 
nicht will ich, so brauch ich Gewalt. Mein Vater, mein Vater, jetzt fasst er mich an. Herr König hat mir ein Leids getan. Dem Vater grauset's, er reitet geschwind. Er hält in Armen das hechtzende Kind. Seinen Armen das Kind war tot. In Wanderer's Nachtlied, or the Wanderer's Evening Song, Goethe isolates in just a few lines of verse a moment in time as night draws in. The sounds of nature gradually decrease and the birds stop singing. The final line, Ruest du auch, invites the traveller to rest as well. This poem may be the best evocation of peace and rest ever written. Schubert's setting captures the mood perfectly, and Fischer-Dieskau's vocal control and diction present a masterclass in musical subtlety. When I was studying in German in high school, I had to memorize this poem, and I've never forgotten the words. It came as a most pleasant surprise later on to learn that it provides the text for one of my favorite songs. Oh, 
It would be possible to devise dozens of tributes to Dietrich Fischer Dieskau using endless examples of his vocal art. When I first became interested in Lieder, I listened first of all to the songs I had sung at school. The Miller's Flowers from Die Schöne Müllerin, sung in English as a small boy, then Haydn Röslein and Die Forelle, sung as part of a high school German course. The greatest joy of a musical education, especially when the journey is self-generated, lies in the way one work, one artist, one musical language leads to another and you finish up in places you'd never dreamed of reaching. It's difficult to imagine such a broadly based program of musical recording that we enjoyed back in the 50s and 60s being repeated to such a degree ever again. But it's there, ready to be tapped by anyone curious enough to find out what all the fuss was about. I'd like to close this tribute to Dietrich Fischer Dieskau with a recording of the Bach aria Es ist vollbracht, It is Completed, from Cantata 159. The oboist Lothar Koch and Fischer Dieskau form a seamless partnership and communicate the spiritual peace of the aria as convincingly as one could imagine. The penultimate line, Welt, Gute Nacht, Good Night World, seems the most appropriate farewell from one of the supreme musicians of the 20th century.
That's all for this edition of the NACOCast. Thanks for listening. My name is Nick Atkinson.